And D. And we're back. Welcome to the chocolate bar. <laughs> our lives, our strength, our time. We're so oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. If y'all only knew what kind of shenanigans goes on pretty much every freaking time we try to record. Like when I tell you that we've been trying for the last freaking hour to get this working. And it was all my fault this time. So I will take full responsibility for that. Anyway, uh, we are glad to be back. It's episode nine. Woo! Yay! And it's, you know, it's always a wild ride. So before we kind of get into things tonight, you know, we could kind of talk about what's been happening, what's been going on with you, Dee. <laughs> For the last five minutes that it's been since we last recorded. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I am, I think I said it last episode too. I'm just working to get on this vacation tip. Like, right. I just need to make it, what is it? Today's Tuesday. I just need to make it 48 more hours. I <laughs> don't and I'm free. <laughs> I they am exhausted. They do not want you to be great. But they don't. They're they're really trying to, to keep me from making my way somewhere. Look, I will find my way onto somebody's airplane if I have to hang from the wheels. I don't care anymore. Um, so there's that. Uh, back on a training schedule uh, with my boy at the rack. Mm-hmm, Hi, John. Mm-hmm. I know you're listening. <laughs> oh, is he listening? Hi. Yes. He totally um, got the, he went and found, he's following the Instagram and he went and listened to at least one episode, if not several, um, yesterday. He was getting ready to listen to the last one, I think. Really? um, When I was leaving the gym on Monday. Uh Uh-huh. So I, I haven't was seen him just since like then. Y'all are completely insane. <laughs> I'm gonna see what he says tomorrow because I didn't I didn't get to see him. Um, I haven't seen him today because I don't train on Tuesday and I don't go to the rack because there's no reason to uh, right, to right. do cardio or to stretch. But I'll be interested to see what he has to say, especially since I talked about him on our last episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so there's that. We've been working through um, my new plan and kind of working out the kinks and figuring out the best way to uh get me as strong as possible as soon as possible because i'm a big whiny baby and i'm sure he's tired of me whining at him about how i feel weak so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think that's kind of where we stand and there's that and uh what else i went and i i I saw that tupac movie Mm. which i'll say this for anyone who hasn't seen it yet if you go into it expecting it to be good you'll be really upset but if Mm -hmm, you go mm -hmm. into it with lowered expectations expecting it to be more of a tupac story right and less of a tupac biography you might enjoy it okay (laughs) it's not a terror it's not terrible um i'd already heard all the things about jada not being happy with it Uh, yeah so i went into it expecting it to be fiction and with that expectation it was far better Mm -hmm, far far mm -hmm. better uh so there's that and today i 
got to hang out with the ducks a little bit. You saw the pictures, Brie. I didn't yes. put them up. I didn't put them up on Instagram this time, guys. Sorry. I don't know that the ducks owner likes to be on my Instagram all the time. So the ducks are more than welcome to be there, though. Uh, but went and played with them because it rained today and they got to be ducks in a puddle, which made mm-hmm. them super excited about duck life. Aww. It's pretty cute to watch them. They're growing up. They're getting new colors in their feathers, I noticed today. <laughs> wow. I really didn't know all of this. This whole thing watching. It's like having a puppy and getting to see the weird things that puppies do That mm-hmm. as they get older. I was just expecting birds to just grow into bigger birds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently they develop colors in their feathers they didn't have before and do all these cool things. So... I think that's all I've really been up to. Uh, that and living with these two little furry monsters of mine. If anyone's been on my Instagram today, you got to see Sasha stampeding through my yoga mat and knocking over my <laughs> foam roller because she is crazy. Yes. She's crazy. And she's always co-hosting, so she's always here Ki- with us co-hosting. Kids are like that. Yeah, even the four-legged ones that are supposedly drainable. Yes. yes. So yeah, I think that's it. I, I It's only been a week, so there hasn't been a lot yeah. going on. I, I yeah, don't know, yeah. but hopefully this vacation thing works out. Because I have my I fingers crossed. I'm crossing fingers, toes, eyes yes. at this point, all of the yes. above. Yes, it's time. You need, you need a vacay. Yes, I, uh, more, than, more than you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not So yes, that's that. So I think oh, it's your turn. Gosh, uh, man, you know, it's like... Now that I have all this free time on my hands, because I'm not training in the same way for a show, like, I just feel like there have just been so many shenanigans happening. Like, (laughs) I, (laughs) like, I, so, you know, just a variety of things. Like, again, just trying to find my groove back in the gym. I've, you know, I've still been having some pain in my um, forearm and just trying to work through that and, and, you know, sort of figure out who I am. I don't know who I am anymore. It was so funny. Um, I sent my coach um, an email this morning to say, hey, this is kind of where I am, you know, whatever. He's still kind of helping me work through the macro kinks and all that. And he, you know, emailed me back and was like, hey, you know, I hope you're enjoying life, you know, adjusting as a non-bodybuilder. And I kind of felt a little kind of way about that. I was just like, but, but I'm, what am I? Who am I? You know, so I'm having like this identity <laughs> crisis. Like if some, I mean, am I not a bodybuilder because I'm not competing anymore or what? So that was pretty interesting. And then girl, just all kinds of foolishness. Like I've just been trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do with my hair. Like it's purple. I told y'all that and I love it, but and it's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. But you know, now I'm like, do I want the roots to be a little darker? Like it's just, you know, it's just all kinds of foolishness. I've been thinking about like my personal style you know, kind of do I want to sort of revamp that a little bit? I've been cleaning out my closet, just all kinds of craziness. And then, so yesterday, and this ties in to what we are going to talk about tonight. So yesterday, my son, who is 13, had a well visit with his pediatrician. And, you know, every so often, you know, I guess they just need to make sure they're growing properly, et cetera, et cetera. So his regular pediatrician who is amazing he's black man love him to death he's been seeing my son since he was a preemie in the hospital so he you know knows everything about him so he was out of town or something happened and so we had to see another person and i didn't go my husband went 
And so, you know, I checked in with him later and said, oh, you know, how was the appointment? And he was kind of like, uh, it was kind of weird. I said, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, there's this new doctor's woman and like, she just, like, I was so pissed off. So she's talking to my son, you know, and like, she's just one of those who just had no, had a really shitty bedside manner. Let me put it like that. So she, you know, he comes in. I mean, my son's a typical awkward 13 year old, right? He's got <laughs> acne, you know, but not bad, but like a little bit and just, you know, not really, he's just awkward. And so she comes in and she's like, oh my God, look at your face, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, bitch, oh. you know, you may, are you washing your face? You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. And he was kind of like, yeah, you know, well, you need to make sure you're drinking water and da, da, da. And she's like, you know, um, you know, tell me what you like to eat. And he's, you know, he's 13. He likes pizza, uh, hot dogs, you know, turkey hot dogs, albeit, um, and fried chicken. That's pretty much it. Now, does he eat other stuff? Yes. He eats spaghetti, he likes salmon, he likes, he loves vegetables, whatever. But listen, fighting him about food is just not my hill to die on. Like, I'm just not going to do that. If he's, you know, getting in enough veggies every day and, you know, he'll try other things every once in a while. If he wants to have a donut or a great Gatorade, like, I'm not going to press him about that. He's super skinny, you know, whatever. He could actually stand to gain a little weight. So I just... You know, I'm not that concerned about it. And I'm not going to start being like a food Nazi with him. Anyway, so she's just like, oh, my God, hot dogs. Those are death sticks. You can't eat those. You'll get cancer. (laughs) Girl. And so she was like, well, you know, Dad, you know, you all should be making, you know, like, you know, there are other things he could be eating and blah, blah, blah. So my husband was kind of like, so what you saying? Like, you saying we just feed him crap? Like, what are you trying to, you know, insinuate? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, um, it, you know, he really should have a more diverse diet and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I was real pissed then. So anyway, the appointment was fine, but it just irritated me because I was like, you know what? This is why people hate going to doctors, right? Um, you know, because it's always this just sort of you know, judgmental, accusatory thing, right? There's a way to deliver information without making people feel bad about it and the choices that they either are forced to make or just make all the time. Like, and let's be clear, like, you know, I know plenty of physicians who don't know a goddamn thing about nutrition because they don't necessarily teach that in medical school, right? So I was just kind of like, if he's healthy and he's growing as he should be, which is what she ended up saying later when she, you know, looked at his comparison charts and all that, then just say, hey, you know, make sure you're getting veggies and drinking water and shut the fuck up. Like, why are you, you know, assigning all this judgment to him? So anyway, you know, I was going to write a sternly worded letter because I love me. I loves me a sternly worded letter. But my husband was like, don't do that. So I'm going to let it go. But anyway. it's kind of a digression but not but (laughs) you know I say all of that to say that you know I really wish that there was you know for some medical professionals not all like there was some requirement or something that you know sort of allowed them to delve a little more deeply into nutrition and just sort of looking at people individually and holistically other than looking at you know well the charts say or this says or that says so anyway that was kind of my little gripe um but other than that nothing is really going on just work and summer's flying by which is kind of crazy um 
and you know just just like I said just trying to find my new normal that's that's kind of where I've been um, lately and you know some days are better than others some weeks are better than others you know I gained a couple of pounds last week with fuck ever I don't really care um, so just trying to figure all that stuff out um, but yeah so speaking of that I thought it would be really apropos to talk about uh, something that is like one of my favorite things ever and I'm sure yours too and a lot of folks out there who you know train in spring, spring sports and different things and that is food and nutrition so I was thinking about this earlier and just you know looking at you know things we see in social media and the media or whatever and like you know in in relation to kind of what it is that we do and sort of what we try to do and what that journey has been like for us. Like, right, everybody kind of, I think, for most athletes, uh, nutrition has been sort of an evolutionary process. Like, you sort of start out in one place and then you kind of tinker with it or you find things out through trial and error. And it's kind of an ever-evolving sort of thing, right? There's no absolute, this is the only way I'll ever eat for the rest of my life. So, I think you know, it might be kind of good to start out with, you know, talking a little bit about what that journey has looked like for you, you know, even from when you were young in terms of your relationship with food to sort of how that evolved through, you know, finding strength sports or finding training and, and, you know, everything in between. So yeah, start wherever you want. Oh, gosh. Well, I think we already (laughs) talked about in the body image episode is i want to say it was that episode uh yeah we talked about my foolishness with eating disordered behaviors and things of that Mm -hmm. nature so i think i'm going to skip that and give people a reason to listen to the body image episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'll say this i think for most of the part of my life where i was capable of making my own food decisions i think my mom was a lot like you in that she making me eat thing x y or z was not the sword she was going to fall on in terms of raising me uh and similarly my parents were divorced my dad he just wasn't there for the battles so whatever Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to eat is what i ate um i think in once i started making my own decisions about food i made a lot of really bad ones because i was always trying to chase down not being fat Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of starvation and a lot of back and forth between binging and what have you uh and being in the ballet world all of that (laughs) that is a perfect storm for not the best of relationships with food but i think right as i got older when i got to college that whole journey continued with i don't want to be the size i am i don't want to be fat i i really thought of being fat as the worst thing ever so i was constantly tinkering around with i'm only going to eat apples or Mm -hmm. i'm only going to eat salads or i'm going to eat salads and run 10 miles a day i you know i'd go through these kind of crazy things where i would fixate on one thing and either eliminate everything else from my diet or eliminate that one thing from my diet i've been high carb low carb no carb high fat keto all of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was it never worked nothing nothing ever stuck um until i decided to just i think the thing that worked for me the longest was just basic calories in and calories out i didn't worry about uh macronutrient ratios or anything along those lines when i first started losing weight i just said i'll eat less and count it 
And mm-hmm. of course, like most of us do, I drastically under ate. I think for most of my early 20s, after I got over my truly, what I could almost call intentionally eating disorder, even though you don't really have an intention of having an eating disorder, but right. I think that's the best I can think of, the best way I can think of to describe it right now. But once I got to the point where I was eating, uh, I still didn't necessarily know how much to eat or how much mm-hmm. was normal to eat. So despite the fact that I was a preschool teacher who spent my entire day chasing after three-year-olds, I pretty much cut my calories down to about 1,000 to 1,100 a day. Which I don't, to this day, really know how I did that without being a mess at work. But I lost a bunch of weight. I think think when I left college, I was about 180 pounds. Mm -hmm. And by the end of my first full year of working I want to say or maybe it was the second full year but after basically a school year's worth of dieting I was about 120 125 pounds Mm -hmm. so I lost about 50 pounds worth of me (laughs) in all of that and that was also about the same time I started lifting but it wasn't necessarily for strength sports purposes it was because that's what the good looking women in oxygen magazine said to do that Mm -hmm. a lot that a thousand to 1100 calories was also what they said to do fyi so i think those two were in the beginning that whole diet that they put and i i don't read fitness magazines anymore so i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's what they're still publishing but in the early 2000s to date myself a little bit my the early 2000s when i was in my early 20s that is what they were publishing was that you ate about a thousand to eleven hundred maybe twelve hundred calories a day and most of that came from egg whites and oatmeal Mm -hmm. and broccoli and grilled chicken and maybe if you were lucky some exotic tilapia (laughs) and so that was that's what i thought you did you know right in the beginning of it i just ate less of what i normally ate and then it slowly evolved as i got into the fitness thing as we know it the fitness industry I started yeah. following those things that we now know are cookie cutter competition prep diets, extreme competition mm-hmm. prep diets that, at that. I think I did those for a really long time until I basically murdered my thyroid. Uh, mm-hmm. My thyroid burned out completely. And we have an episode coming on all the hormonal foolishness that can go on when you do that. But mm-hmm. the doctor that I go to now is pretty sure that I probably have had a thyroid problem since I was in my early 20s in college. Uh, but it was probably low grade when I was in college, not high enough or bad enough or severe enough to be caught in blood tests. But then the stress and the what have you that came with the starvation diet I put myself on mm-hmm. basically, quote unquote, activated that thyroid problem and made it worse. At least that's what her theory is. Um, and so when my thyroid crashed, I gained a significant amount of weight. I don't even really know exactly how much, but a lot. I would probably mm-hmm. say somewhere between 50 and 70 pounds in mm-hmm. about in less than a year. And of course, like anybody else who was 125 pounds, I didn't want to be as big as I was. So again, we kind of spiraled back into this diet. You know, I get my, my thi- I got my thyroid under control and we spiral back to the dieting and all of that. And I don't think I still really knew how to diet properly. I still didn't know how right. to eat properly. I tried Weight Watchers. FYI, people, I hate Weight Watchers. If you ever ask me about Weight Watchers, I'll tell you it's the devil. Uh, because essentially they put me on the same starvation diet that... I put myself on. Uh, I just mm-hmm. didn't have the restrictions of egg whites and oatmeal and chicken, but 
because of my height, I'm 5'1", and what they felt my appropriate weight was, the amount of food they were giving me was minimal, and I have more than once blacked out in a grocery store because of that, but, uh, so there's Adventures in Weight Watchers, I did that. (laughs) I don't think I really figured out how to diet properly until maybe... If I had to put a number to it, maybe two years ago, three years ago, Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. you know, I did a, as I think our listeners know, and I know you know, because it's how we met, I was training for figure, and Mm -hmm. I had a coach who put me on a very stereotypical uh, competition prep kind of a setup, at least what's, what's become kind of the norm now, where there's this kind of faux flexibility, that's what I call it, it's not real flexibility, you get a diet with their prescribed amounts of food and then they give you this thing that's like a substitution calculator several of the coaches out there have them now so i'm not targeting any one coach let's just be clear about that because i know how these coaches are with the cease and desist letters and the libel and all that other stuff i'm not talking about any one coach if you know who was coaching me stfu you have don't don't put her name out there don't put his name out there don't say anything about anybody but um as we all know that's kind of a thing now is you get your diet and there's like a list of substitutions or options you can have and that's basically what i had and i was on that diet i think for almost a year somewhere between nine months and a year i got really really lean i was really really bony i didn't have any muscle (laughs) even though everybody used to tell me i was really jacked i really wasn't I was starving. I developed really severely messed up eating disordered behaviors. I was a food hoarder. I don't know if I ever talked about it here on this show, but there are pictures, I believe, possibly on my Instagram and definitely on my Facebook of me with those Easter 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 bunnies where it's the big Reese's bunny stuffed with peanut butter that only comes mm-hmm. out of Easter. I was going on a girl's trip with some friends and I packed in my you know those fancy iso bags that you're supposed to carry your food prep in i definitely had like six of those suckers in that bag Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm. and i had more of them in the in the freezer at home and honestly i don't remember what happened to all of them which leads me to think i probably ate them in my sleep Mm. which is scary um yeah but i used to food hoard I'd, i'd go to especially peanut butter and chocolate related foods and not in a funny haha way i think we all do that there are certain candies we like the most or junk foods we like the most but i was basically going on these kind of rampages through target or the grocery store and i'd buy them in mass quantities and put them in the Mm -hmm. freezer and then i would then i'd hoard them i'd hoard them and they'd become the, the entire basis of my cheat meal and it'd be a cheat meal and then you know candy and this and that and i'd always end up feeling like garbage uh because let's be real i wasn't necessarily having a cheat meal i was binging let's be real about it my coach it was coach sponsored and supported binging but let's be real about what it is it was binging right. Right. <laughs> when you don't know how much of it you ate and you can't necessarily stop yourself yeah that's a binge that's not a cheat meal that's a binge um so i walked away from my figure prep pretty much for that reason i was having some really unhealthy behaviors i didn't have a show date and she was still letting me diet i was pretty miserable so i went out on my own and i kind of went on a mission to figure out what the hell works for me uh i gained about 40 pounds in the process uh became super 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 thickums i was 160 something but thick it was just muscle and fat and thickness and 
strong stuff it was kind of mm-hmm. cool for a while but i don't i don't feel great at that weight it was cool to be as strong as i was at that weight but i definitely uh don't feel my best so after about a year of being heavy and unhappy with being heavy i finally learned a little something about macronutrient ratios and sort of the whole quote-unquote iifym if it fits your macros movement and got in there and i don't remember what how i figured out my macros i think i found uh if i had to guess i would say probably a lane norton formula for Mm -hmm. what how to calculate your macros that would be my guess and i just went from there and i lost the weight over the year got down to a weight where i was happy um as far as training and all that is concerned and all of this time i've been lifting i I don't want to neglect the fact that i've been lifting since i was in my early 20s i think i picked up powerlifting i picked up powerlifting specifically when i walked away from figure so that weight gain that i had after i walked away from figure fueled the powerlifting because quite frankly it was the only place I could be heavy. (laughs) You can't, Mm -hmm. you know, if you talk to someone about doing figure and you weigh almost 200 pounds at five foot one, no one's really listening to you or taking you seriously. Uh, I had a lot of friends who were in powerlifting. And so I kind of just got into it. And I, when it was a lot easier to eat for the sake of fueling myself, when I was thinking about getting stronger, as opposed to Mm -hmm. looking better. Thankfully, the two kind of collided and I ended up looking a lot better. Um, And now I'm kind of in that same place. I'm, to be really specific, not that I'm plugging them, but I get questions about it a lot on Instagram. Um, I've done a couple of different diets in the last few years. I did uh, the RP or Renaissance periodization diet. I did that for a while. Um, It works. If people want to know if it works, it works. It does what it's supposed to do. Uh, It didn't suit my lifestyle. Not anything wrong with the diet itself. It just didn't suit my lifestyle. I have a very... At the time I was working a client facing job, I had to be able to go to a restaurant and eat and not be picky <laughs> mm-hmm. and not have to, you know, no oil, no butter, no this, no, that. I couldn't do that. You can't do that when you're taking clients out to lunch in my field. I would have been fired for being, calling so much attention to myself. So uh, from there I went and moved into what I'm doing now. I've been with Avatar Nutrition, which is um basically a computerized uh diet coach (laughs) they give you your macros you check in they spit out new macros you do the work it's pretty straightforward pretty easy i've done a diet i did a diet last year after i gained some weight after my birthday because who doesn't when they eat for whatever they want for two weeks straight i did a diet um then i did a reverse diet and then i did maintenance uh until very recently and i decided to diet a little bit this year And that's where we stand now. Overall, in terms of my diet philosophy, I eat what the fuck I want. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I eat what the fuck I want. Um, I base my diet on lean protein and things of that nature. Um, I don't, I try not to eat a ton of junk, but quite frankly, if I want it, I eat it. Restricting just makes it worse. I end up wanting thinking about it and obsessing over it or trying to substitute it with something else i just end up eating two of the thing i'm substituting so if i want a donut i just make it fit um because trying to substitute the donut with some sort of protein creation is just going to make me mad and i'll end up going and eating the protein creation and then doubling back and eating the donut donut anyway anyway yeah so i my overall philosophy is i eat what the fuck i want um when i'm dieting i just tighten it up and i i am one who does i guess you could say i calorie cycle more than i carb cycle i 
on my off days I eat significantly less than I do on my training days I uh, try to keep most of my carbs especially my fun simple sugary carbs around my training and that's about it but other than that I eat what I want and I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram you know that that whole carbs around my diet around my training thing doesn't always happen because I definitely definitely post about ice cream at nine o'clock at night and I train at five o'clock in the morning Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think, but I, 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 right now, in the place I am now, I don't need to be overly neurotic. I don't think it serves me well, especially not on a mental health front. Uh, thankfully, I'm in a place where I know how to tighten my diet. I know how to flip the switch when I need to. I let Avatar choose my macros and fix my macros accordingly. But as far as planning my day-to-day life, I eat what I want. I substitute what I want. There's no list of magical foods. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. I I don't know that there's anything else that I didn't answer or that I skipped over. And I've been talking for a really long time. So Brie, (laughs) I think it's your turn. Man, listen. So um, you're right. We talked about some of this on previous episodes. Um, I think like with respect to nutrition and food specifically, like I didn't. I don't really recall having a lot of issues with that growing up. Um, you know, my mom, like I think I've said before, is, you know, good old Southern woman. You know, she made three, at least three hot square meals a day um, for my dad. You know, and obviously we would eat those too. So there was always, you know, like whatever, you know, pancakes for, you know, blueberry muffins for breakfast, um, you know, hot lunch, um, you know, uh, you know, hot dinner. I mean, I guess Whole Foods as much as, you know, grits with smoked pork could be whole, but um, not a lot of processed foods. I don't really remember having much processed foods actually until I was significantly older, like almost grown. Like she, you know, made cakes from scratch, you know, pancakes from scratch, biscuits from scratch, the whole nine. Um, And there really wasn't a whole lot of focus on you know, you can't eat this or you have to, you know, diet or do anything like that. So I don't really remember much in that way when I was young. Um, She did actually encourage us to eat a variety of food. She was a lot more adventurous food wise than my father was. He was pretty much a red beans and rice kind of guy. but my mom, you know, would always encourage us to try different cuisines. And, you know, we I grew up in California. So obviously, you know, Mexican food was a huge part of our life. I loved Chinese food, um, you know, Filipino food, like all kinds of different things. So I did definitely grow up, you know, eating all kinds of stuff um, and eating a lot of vegetables and stuff like that. Um, I think, you know, once I got, you know, older in my teen years, I mean, I, you know, ate I guess the average amount of junk food that a lot of other kids ate um and you know I didn't I didn't suffer too much for it you know thankfully um and then fast forward a lot you know when I got um when I was grown and sort of out of college and working you know that's kind of when I noticed oh you know I'm starting to gain a little weight here and like I said you know initially um I could just kind of chill out on the Doritos for a couple of weeks and everything would be fine but then I started noticing that that wasn't really working anymore um so I still wasn't really ready to you know pay a lot of attention to what I ate so I just started working out all the time right and that worked for a while um but I was never quite satisfied with how I looked physically um you know I wasn't no 
huge or anything like that but I guess I just wasn't where I thought I should be but you know every time I would meet with like a you know someone a nutritionist or someone they'd be like well have you looked at your diet and I'd be like ah, you know I'm, I ain't doing that um and then you know after I had my son and, and started training pretty seriously again I you know was able to kind of exercise my way back to where I felt more comfortable but still didn't really hone in on my diet too much um and then when I did it was you know a lot like you mentioned D it was a lot of like extreme stuff like okay well you know don't you're not going to eat anything but x y and z or oh here's this cabbage diet or oh look at Weight Watchers you know and for me you know Weight Watchers was problematic in a lot of ways too now looking back at it in hot you know in retrospect um because you know when they had that whole point system and it seems so easy but it's like i could eat cheetos and get my points for the day you know what i mean <laughs> which probably wasn't the best so i just kind of floundered around for a while when i started competing um my first coach um knew jack shit about nutrition and diet so i would always ask him what am I supposed to be eating? How should I be eating? And he would just say some old bizarre shit and be like, here, chew these ice cubes. And, you know, <laughs> if you want pancakes, eat pancakes. And I was like, this is, and I was, you know, getting in shape and losing weight, but I was like, this is not going well. And so just by serendipity, I happened to meet um, a, another bodybuilder who was also a diet coach. And he literally took me under my wing like the last four weeks and kind of really got me together. But in terms of a competition diet and, probably saved me from looking hot ass mess on stage um so I kind of followed that for a while and it was your typical bro diet um you know and just very limited in terms of what foods you know I could eat etc um when I stepped away and took a break from competing um I started to explore you know different types of foods a little bit more but again I still hadn't learned you know really how to fuel my body properly um until like you know five years into it and then it was finally like oh snap if i want to do this this is how i'm gonna have to eat so that's when it started finally clicking with me like you're gonna have to pay attention to how much you're eating what you're eating etc etc so i did the bro diet thing for you know quite some time even when i started competing again um you know the coach that i had worked with previous to this coach was more on that clean eating clean eating side of things so i was like chicken turkey fish chicken turkey fish you know oatmeal green veggies you know almonds tilapia whatever same same stuff all the time which was fine but then I started to really recognize at some point I'm going to have to be able to figure out for myself you know how many calories I'm intaking you know what works for me um and and how to do that I was kind of scared to do it at first I think because I was just so used to handing over the reins to someone else but I just started to really recognize that that just really was not a sustainable lifestyle um, because I would you know go out to eat with my family and just be filled with panic because I'm like <gasps> you know this isn't chicken this isn't tuna like I don't know how much to eat I don't know what to do and I just kind of got tired of that so 
once I finished up with, you know, working with that coach and, and working with um, the person I'm working with now, you know, the first thing he said was, hey, you know, I'm going to need you to start, you know, sort of tracking your food. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, and that was kind of my first introduction to the whole sort of macronutrient based type of eating. Um, and, you know, I it, it really did kind of like open up a whole sort of new world for me um, in terms of, okay, you can still eat in a way that supports what it is you're trying to do, but also it's a sustainable lifestyle for you, right? So, um, you know, again, like I, you know, I told him the other day, I was like, listen, you know, even though I decided that, you know, competing in bodybuilding wasn't for me anymore, like, I'm so thankful to have met you because you've really changed the way that I look at nutrition. I hate to use the word diet. Um, and so I'm just kind of plodding through that right now. Like, you know, I, I, I want to find that balance where I'm not tracking all the time or if, you know, for whatever reason for a day or, you know, a couple of days or a week, I don't track, like I don't have that sense of panic and, and I've been doing okay with that. Like I can pretty much kind of assess how much I'm taking in and sort of where I am within respect to, um, you know, what my macros are at this point and you know if I'm significantly under over I've been a little more under than I than I have over lately ironically um I don't freak out about it quite as much right so um you know I've just been looking at that and again just trying to model some really good behaviors for my son because I don't want him to grow up always just hyper aware or thinking that you have to be hyper aware of that kind of stuff in order to be healthy um, so, you know, like I said, it's, it's an ever evolving process. Like I don't, you know, really, it's funny because, you know, this has come up a lot lately too, about people sort of asking me like, oh, you know, how do you eat or what's the best thing to eat and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I used to be more dogmatic, like, you know, especially when I was more of a clean eating type of person and oh you must eat this way and here's the foods that you must base your you know meals on and blah 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 and I'm just kind of throwing out all of that out of the window like it really just depends you know different things work for different people you know like you mentioned before you know I've done the clean eating thing you know I did keto for a while when I was prepping for one particular show because that was what I kind of needed to get you know as lean as I needed to get, you know, I'm, I haven't really done the whole 30 thing or paleo or anything like that. Not because there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but I just kind of, I guess I'm just like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like I'm, I'm not really of the mindset that, you know, because it's the latest and greatest thing I need to try it. And I find that a lot of people tend to do that, especially if they feel like something quote unquote, isn't working even if they haven't necessarily given it a requisite amount of time, like they're jumping to the next thing. And I'm just, I'm just not into that. I just, you know, it's funny. I had, I did this <laughs> Instagram post the other day after a conversation I'd had with someone and I was pretty much like, yo, I don't give a shit what you eat. Like you don't have to report <laughs> into me, you know, I'm not a priest. You don't have to confess to me. I really literally give no fucks what you eat. And that's not to be mean, but like, I just don't care. Like that's just not an interesting topic of conversation for me. Like when I go out with people, I don't want to sit and talk about like our, like what we eat. Like now if there's something we're eating that's damn good while we're sitting there, that's fine. But the conversation always turns to, Oh, and have you tried this? And I'm doing this now. And I'm just kind of like, yo, I, 
I, I guess I should care, but I don't, you know, and I find that people tend to get very dogmatic about how they eat and a little defensive. Like we had this event at work yesterday and there was a woman there um, and she's chit chatting with me and I had made a comment like, so anyway, it was a going away party for a colleague and um, there were these really cool cupcakes. And so I had, um, I was going to have one, but they were all different flavors and I couldn't tell from looking at it, which was which. And so I'm just, I'm a pretty like, you know, purist when it comes to cupcakes. I like vanilla cupcakes, period. Like I care cake and some other things, but I don't like a whole lot of fancy shit. And so some of them were vanilla, some of them were lemon, some of them were something else. So I picked one up, took a pinch to piece off of it, and it was lemon. And I was like, oh man, I ain't just gonna eat this just to eat it because I really wanted vanilla. So anyway, long story short, you know, she was asking about it, and I was like, yeah, I said it was it was lemon, it wasn't vanilla, and I just kind of said, yeah, probably that was probably a sign from the universe I shouldn't have been eating it anyway, like totally joking. She's like, oh yeah, like I'm not eating, you know, any sugar, I'm not eating any gluten, you know, I'm not eating, I'm just eating like pork chops and eggs. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I said, oh, nice. okay. I said, wow, that's that, nice, that's, right? And I was like, wow, that, that sounds really intense. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing this um challenge with my husband, and you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, wow, you know, good luck to you. And she just got all crazy about it. And she was like, I mean, well, you know, it's working for me. And I was like, girl, I don't give a shit about your poor jobs. <laughs> like, I don't care. it was crazy, dude. And I just feel like people do that all the time, especially if they either find out or you know sort of have this perception about you because you're into working out or you're into quote-unquote fitness and health and all that other kinds of stuff so I just try to steer clear of those kinds of conversations because I just it's just not an interesting topic for me and I find that um you know there's so much information out there that you know I, I can understand how it could be a struggle for people to figure out what's the right thing to do but you know I tell people you just got to start trying stuff and see what sticks and it may be different from year to year like what worked for me a few years ago you know isn't necessarily what works for me now and it may not necessarily work for me next year so I can't really say I'm you know team x y and z for life team paleo team this team that like I just eat I don't be like well what are you I'm well I'm black um (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm Baptist yeah I'm I'm not paleo I'm not that's I just eat, you know, if anything, you know, instead of if it fits your macros, I always tell people like the, you know, the initials I use stand for, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing the best I can every day. I'm chewing. Know? I'm chewing. That's yes. what I'm doing. I'm chewing. I just, I do what I can, you know. So, you know, I, I guess one of the things that, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw out there too is, you know, I've touched on a little bit, but how do you think, like social media has played into this it's funny that you should say that i think it is the weirdest and creepiest thing ever that it's a cool thing now to post pictures of your meal prep and show the four thousand rows of chicken breasts and the 19 containers of whatever the fuck else you're eating that week i think that's the weirdest thing ever i did it every once in a while when i was food prepping but not so much because i was like "Ooh, look at my food prep but because it was just sort of i had a lot of friends at the time who knew nothing about what i was doing when i was in figure prep they didn't understand what it was they didn't understand why i would do it they didn't understand the ins and outs and a lot of people were asking me questions back then so that was the easiest way to kind of communicate what i was doing it wasn't necessarily a bragging thing or a showing off or i want 
quote-unquote internet street cred but I feel like now there is a prove yourself thing that right. happens with this whole look at my meal prep I eat so clean look at my grilled chicken look at what I eat look at this and I think it goes the other way too I think on in the land of if it fits your macros if that's what you want to call what I do there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time trying to show how not clean they eat and still right. look the way they do. Right. Look, dude, I don't give two shits if you have 19 pack abs, much less six pack abs, and you ate 74 donuts yesterday. Um, good for you. I'm happy for you. Um, I didn't. I don't need to see that all the crap you eat every day. I just think right. it's really strange how much people use especially instagram i don't spend enough time on snapchat to know one way or another but i do see it on instagram all the time that people feel the need to show off whatever it is that they're doing i'm so i'm in the midst of my whole 30 and i can't mm -hmm. eat this this and this so this is the substitute whatever i've made well if you're making substitute food for food you can't eat on the whole 30 my first thought is maybe you're doing it wrong and you don't really right. need to be doing the whole 30 and maybe you should just eat the thing you want instead of the substitute right. and on the same thing with the if it fits your macros if you're constantly showing me that you're eating donuts and it's like a bragging thing for you it makes me wonder if you're you've got some other issue going on because why yeah. do you need to brag right about the donuts of course if you have some epic dessert share that shit with me i want to see if right. you have like an epic ribeye steak i totally want to see that too but the the need to show off your meal prep or anything like that is weird to me girl and i'm always like don't nobody want to see your sad ass struggle meals like we all right. know what chicken looks like we all know what broccoli looks like and the other thing too that always kills me this is what really kills me so you have those people that you know they'll <laughs> they'll show some shit and it'll be like the worst looking stuff ever it'll be like two almonds you know a couple of pieces a cauliflower a piece of dry ass chicken and they'll be like this is awesome you know eating good eating well doesn't have to be sad or boring and i'm like but it is yeah. like who are you trying to fool like that is not that's not good you know like, <laughs> that's not fine. exciting like yeah, it's fine. Like, I mean, you know, when you're like, uh, you know, again, if you're cutting weight or you're dieting for a show, like it's typically not all that exciting. I mean, yeah, you know, depending again on sort of, you know, who's, you know, whose altar you worship, you know, at then, yeah, you know, if you flexible diet, you might ha have the opportunity to have a little bit more, you know, interesting food or whatever. But even still, like you're not you know there aren't a whole lot of people that are like eating pizza every night and dieting down to Definitely do a bodybuilding not. show like and if they say they are mm, take it with a grain of salt so you know yeah you don't have to post that every day like we get it if you don't post it we know that you're still sort of doing what it is that you need to be doing um but yeah i think you're right too it always it, it it's almost seems like a validation sort of thing i guess um like i've noticed a lot like i've noticed certain people will like post their you know meal prep or whatever and like tag their coach like See, right you know i'm doing what i'm supposed look to what do. i did yeah yeah uh, I, the I, thing like, is i'm i like i had never i shit like i would never post food and tag my coach in it because i'm like you don't need to know like right <laughs> you, know, you don't want to know an off day you don't <laughs> that ain't know. your business <laughs> And I guess I always appreciate when people post 
food with recipes like if you've done something yeah. cool with food i'm all for that i i actually follow a lot of keto people just because they do really creative stuff with food not because right. and it's because they're missing an entire food group so they really don't have a right. choice right. um but people who are just showing me day 4352 of oatmeal for breakfast yeah with a protein shake that's basically protein and water not even an exciting right. protein shake and then their ground lean turkey with rice for lunch and then grilled chicken for their next meal and then tilapia i don't want to i don't care right i don't care i don't care yeah. And, yeah. and quite frankly, no one, no one does. <laughs> well, and you know, I think again, you you kind of have to, you know. And, and when I sort of went on my rant, you know, I said this too. You know, if I do happen to post something like I had this incredible homemade pop tart at this restaurant, you know, not too long ago, and it was just just like the craziest thing. So I was like, yo, y'all, this is a homemade pop tart. This shit is good. And, you know, it's not to make anyone feel bad or be like, well, you know, someone's like, well, how, that's not clean. How can you eat that? And I'm like, stay up on my plate, you know, right. and, and I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't post it like, look, I'm eating this and I'm, st I still have abs, which I don't, or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, there's just no need for all of that. Like I, everybody, you know, is on their own journey and they're sort of doing different things. So, you know, I, I don't really see the point of like, posting from this sort of place of self-righteousness about what you eat it is food you know and this is one of the things that i'm trying really hard to teach my son to stop and not start assigning value emotional value to food to me foods are not good or bad it's food you know i i, I cringe when i hear hear women say that oh my god i was so bad yesterday i had this that and the other and i'm like but what you know it's fine if you felt like you wanted to eat it eat it and let it go like right. you know if you're gonna eat it eat it and shut the fuck up like just let it go like there's no need to beat yourself up about it or berate yourself for like the next two weeks you know until you eat it again um so i i've I found myself just really kind of removing myself from those kinds of conversations with people um because again like i said i just i don't i don't want to be in a space where i spend ninety five thousand percent of my day thinking about food in that way like do i think a lot about like good stuff to eat absolutely because i like to eat but just in terms of you know being strategic about it like i just i don't really have the energy nor do i want to put the kind of energy into that um and i think you know they're just there seems to be a lot of that that i've noticed and i've like i said and i'm not saying that i've never done those things i mean i think i definitely had like i said i was a little bit more of a jerk about type stuffs and you know when I was younger or just kind of getting started in in kind of this whole journey of, of how to fuel myself uh, but I've just gotten away from that a lot and I try like I said I, I try to avoid people who do that or want to engage me in that kind of conversation because it's just not something I want to talk about and frankly it's no one's business what anybody else is eating I don't really give a shit what's on your plate because it ain't none of my business it ain't you know going in my mouth so eat what you want to eat um um and so one of the other things i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about and i think this goes back to again a couple of things we talked about with respect to self-image and a couple of things we talked about with respect to you know sort of cultural differences whether you know when it comes to food like i think one of the things you know particular to 
you know, certain, um, you know, different cultural communities, particularly, you know, African-American culture, like there wasn't the emphasis on the negative aspects of food as it was the positive aspects. Like for me, you know, growing up, food was love. Like that's how you showed love for your family. You know, my mom loved cooking big meals. She loved, you know, making those kinds of food. She never, like I said, she never really restricted us in eating. If anything, it was more like, you know, you want some more? Why are you not eating? Why don't you want seconds? You know, which could be problematic in another <laughs> sort of way. Um, but one of the things that got me thinking about was, you know, and I had to kind of check myself on this, um, you know, when it comes to eating well and, and sort of talking to people about that and like, you know, these are some really good things you should be eating and, you know, eating organically and all this other stuff. There's a certain amount of privilege that comes with that because yes, not everybody is. can go to Trader Joe's and just drop $400 on groceries, right? Um, and so I think we have to be very careful about, again, sort of preaching certain types of, you know, diets or nutrition styles to the general population because not everybody is in a position to do that and it almost gives a sense of okay well if you can't do this then you can't do anything to improve how you eat for yourself and your family right um and i think a lot of that is very um prevalent in in you know maybe lower income communities or you know in communities where there may be a lot of immigrants or whatever um, and so I just kind of wanted to speak to, you know, what are some things that we can do to, you know, kind of encourage, you know, sort of a greater emphasis on, you know, nutrition or, you know, eating a little more healthfully without being sort of elitist about it, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I have never been one to do fitness. We talked about this too professionally, but I do get right. a lot of women who, especially in the hair salon or when I had a steady church that I was going to and I was kind of going through the weight loss process in front of all these people who used to see mm -hmm. me every every weekend. Um, I would get that question of, well, how do I lose weight? And actually, I've been going through this with my hairstylist. She, you know, came to me and said, I want to lose some weight. I'm not in love with what, the, what I look like right now. Um, how do I do this? And I think part of the reason that so many people, especially if we want to talk about black women since, and women of color, since that's where we are right now, um, or the space that we're in, in this, at least in this venue. Um, mm -hmm. I think the reason so many people don't start and never finish is because the information is so overwhelming and does make it sound like it, you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I will tell anyone who comes to me and asks me for help, especially if we're talking about someone who doesn't have a ton of income to work with. You can make small, small changes. And this may not get you to fitness model status. I'm not going to lie to you and say that you will automatically jump from being a normal woman who's just trying to lose some weight to fitness model. That's just not how life works. Right. I, I'm, I'm still not at fit, fitness model status and I track my food. So, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I do think you start to learn one of the things that was really helpful help, helpful for me early on was to learn where foods cross over so for example i'm from the caribbean if you take away my rice and my beans i'm gonna kick you in your face right <laughs> i'm gonna kick you in your face and we're gonna fight and 
so many people that I've talked to over the years think that to lose weight, you can't eat rice and you can't eat beans. If I couldn't eat rice and beans, I'd kill everybody. I really would. I would be one angry little girl from the islands. Mm -hmm. No rice, no beans. Okay, whatever. And so things like that, telling people, well, look, beans are a great fiber source. They're a great protein source. No, if you don't want to go get the bag ones and soak them overnight and do all that craziness, just go buy the ones in the can and rinse them off. Exactly. You're fine. If they're still equally inexpensive, you're fine. Um, you don't necessarily always have to be eating the leanest of meats. I can't, I have not eaten, and everyone thinks this is the funniest thing in the world, especially in the fitness world. I have not eaten a chicken breast that I cooked in my house. I have not even bought a chicken breast into my house since the day I quit figure prep. I refuse mm -hmm. to purchase chicken breasts mm -hmm. <laughs> or cook mm -hmm. them or smell them or look at them. In a restaurant, I might order them. But in, in my day-to-day -day life, nope, 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 nobody, nope, nope, nope. Um, so I tell people, look at alternatives. As long as you understand what's in your food, if you can afford, for example, a ground turkey that's, you know, a higher percentage of fat, eat a little bit less of it, but you can eat that. It's not going to make you fat. Right. right. It's not going right. to make you fat. So I think the things that people need to hear about is that you don't have to have the grilled chicken because grilled chicken breasts are expensive. Like plain exactly. boneless, skinless chicken breasts, that's expensive. Um, right. Yes, everybody says, you know, getting your fish from XYZ, you know, non-farm fish, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that all matters in micro amounts to a certain extent. Um, right. Where you can afford it. Hey, whatever, you, those, those are those things where to me, farm fresh frozen fresh farm free range what have you all of those things i'm mixing up all kinds of terms i know i'm just right. having one of those moments we've it's been a long day for us that half that hour long yes. attempt to, Girl, to hook up to was, do this was yeah that was a lot <laughs> but but i think when you you start to make value judgments it's like we've said about other things if you have rent to pay yep and a child to feed and you still have to feed yourself and you're trying to lose weight spending $20 on chicken breast is not the most in, uh, financially intelligent Hierarchy thing to do. Hierarchy Get the meats. food that works for you. Get the food yeah. you can afford. Frozen and just vegetables and canned vegetables are still vegetables. Are still, yes. I am the queen of frozen vegetables because I know I'm a slacker. I have days right. where I come home and I say, you know what? Today is not the day that I'm here to wait for these asparagus for the next 45 minutes. Right. I will stop. And I will go and get the nice little frozen ones that steam in the bag, and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's never had a, ba a negative impact on me. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just think what people need to realize is, yes, there are better choices. Right. Is, but to me, and this is where I think I differ with a lot of people who are quote-unquote fitness industry types, to me, your best choice is the one that you can actually make consistently. So Exactly. If your best choice is that, okay, I right now, I actually saw a post like this in a group that I'm in. Um, a very, very, very overweight man posted and said, you know, I'm working really hard at this, guys, and I don't look like anybody in the group yet. He was probably close to, you know, three or 400 pounds, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I'm starting to make changes. I'm not at the point where I'm cooking all my meals, and I know that's bad. But right now, what I am doing is I've changed my order at McDonald's from this to this. I've changed yeah. my order at the diner that I go to every day from this to this. And sometimes, if that's your starting point, start there. 
even if you yeah. are an athlete, a lot of people who get into this whole strength sports thing, sometimes we get into it because we're trying to lose weight and we just want something cool to do. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to get a meal prep service. No, right. you don't have to buy the most expensive groceries in all of grocery land. Just get right. get what you can eat and work with consistently, especially if you have children who aren't going to want to eat what you're eating. Right. Find the stuff that you can make that they'll eat and you'll eat because my mom used to tell me all the time do you know how expensive it is to feed the two of us and you want something completely different i remember going vegetarian when i was about 13 and my mom and i had that out we had it out behind the i I, i'm not eating meat anymore mom she said oh well that's nice i hope you enjoy these rice and this rice and this vegetables and these beans over here because that's all you're getting i'm not buying you special you're You're not getting special vegetarian food (laughs) you know so I think, like I said, the best choices are the ones that are, A, ones that you can make consistently. B, that especially in the beginning, if you're making a lifestyle change, B, start with the ones that you know you're comfortable making. One of the things that I know from being, I don't know that we ever talked about this, but my degree is actually in public health. So Mm -hmm. I do have a health bent to my life. It's just not fitness. One of the things that we know from behavior, behavior change theory in public health, the best way to get people to make changes that stick is this thing called self-efficacy. That is the belief that you actually have the ability to perform a behavior on your own. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you can't build that into your diet, you're never going to make any changes. So right. in the beginning- Or they'll be short term. Or right, you'll, you'll make the change and then all it will take is one little thing to throw you off. And yep. then everything's gone. So right. in the beginning, do the things that you know you're capable of doing and then start to add when you feel really comfortable with those and you're like yeah i hit my stride right that's when you flip the switch and add something that maybe is a little bit harder yeah yeah and that's where the comparison thing comes in too you know even for me you know for me to sit here and look at like you know an olympic caliber athlete and and see what they eat and sort of their you know presentation of you know the way they plate their food and all of that that's all well and cute but i don't have time for all that i'm gonna basically tear some lettuce with my damn hands chop up some cucumber and throw that shit in a bowl with some chicken like that's what i have the time to do so you know if i am sitting here looking at you know this perfect presentation and you know again you've seen these blogs you've seen these instagram accounts with you know these just sort of and some people just have a knack for doing that i always appreciate it like i think it's so pretty but i just don't have the time or the wherewithal to do that now if i looked at that and said well because i'm not doing it like this then i'm never going to be successful you know that would be a shame you know so i just choose to say oh that's a really good recipe mine's probably not going to look like that and that's okay you know um and then like you were saying about in terms of you know sort of using what you have available to make changes like this is a you know prime example so you know my husband's grandmother um lives in baltimore city in the cut and when i say in the cut i mean there is a liquor store and a lake trout sandwich place on just about every corner. What there isn't is a grocery store. Like he has to Mm -hmm. drive her out of the city into Baltimore County to find a remotely decent grocery store. Sure, there are little corner stores, there are bodegas with 
old ass expensive ass meat and wilted ass expensive ass vegetables but again a who can't afford that right and b you know when you talk about you know sort of ease of access if you got to take two or three buses to get to the damn grocery store that's really going to limit how much you can purchase you know in addition to the price of it so you know it, I, I think it's it's kind of you know everything kind of feeds into each other you know we we also have to you know sort of figure out a way to encourage you know a lot of these stores to put these you know their stores or their you know branches into some of these other communities as opposed to just in the suburbs or just in you know kind of these regentrified areas or whatever um you know otherwise you know people are just not going to get healthy and it's kind of this chicken or the egg well they're not eating healthy so we're not going to put these things there and make them accessible for them well how do you know they're not eating healthy because these things aren't there and accessible to them right um, it's not necessarily that people don't want to, but you got to work with what you have available. And that goes for fitness, you know, that goes for access to fitness and gyms and, you know, all of these different programs as well as nutrition and health, you know, and it's just kind of like, it sometimes it seems like such a huge overwhelming thing to tackle that you almost don't want to even try because it's just so much, you know, but I think, you know, you kind of have to do what you can do and whether that be starting with folks in your family like you know i've definitely kind of changed my um approach to family members that talk to me about well i want to eat better i want to you know i don't just kind of print out this very detailed you know macronutrient you know sort of <laughs> treatise for them because they'll be looking at me like, like what <laughs> you know but i'm like hey how about baking your catfish instead of frying it you know how about you know cooking your um, you know, rice in, you know, chicken broth and maybe in, instead of like slathering it with butter. How about using half white rice and half brown rice? You know, so you, you have to change the narrative a little bit. I think if you want people to be kind of open to, you know, making those changes and that's whether it be someone who's just trying to, you know, like you said, you know, just even get a little more, a little more healthy or someone who's looking to make a transition from eating, you know, sort of as a kind of a, occasional worker out or to someone who's eating as an athlete like I had to make a lot of incremental changes and I wasn't going to make them until I was ready to make them right it wasn't until I started you know training in a different way and saying okay I got to find a better way to fuel these workouts and that's when it slowly started to you know kind of take hold of me like oh okay well you know eating more of this or maybe looking a little bit more at how much you're intaking and maybe looking a little bit more like where you put your you know carbs as opposed to just completely cutting them out stuff like that and a lot of it requires you know i think just kind of the willingness to educate yourself right one of the things that i've noticed is that you know when there is an a plethora of information when i start looking and seeing trends like if i start seeing you know a, not a bunch but like a significant mm -hmm. amount of people saying the same things consistently about what typically works then I'll kind of lean in that direction a little bit and say okay well it appears that you know 
eating more green leafy vegetables on a, on a regular basis, you know, every day, making sure that you're getting more water, making sure that you're, you know, getting in more high volume, low calorie, you know, sort of um, nutrient dense food is probably a good thing. And I'm like, okay, well, let me try that, you know? So there's little things that you can, you can look at and see, um, you know, what typically tends to work a little better than others. But I mean, but I think as a general rule, at least for me, things that were extremely extreme just didn't work well for me. Um, things that required me to focus on what I couldn't eat versus what I could eat didn't work well for me, right? Um, you know, looking at, you know, okay, well, here's a list of things you can't eat. Like that just, even psychologically mm-hmm. and mentally, that just did something to me. I already felt sort of defeated and kind of like, oh, you know, but looking at something from the from the perspective of okay well you know you can eat whatever you want you know but make sure you're looking at it in this way instead um i tend to i tend to find that that was a little bit more sustainable for me personally so but you know you again everybody's on your own on their own path and you got to just kind of i think have the patience and um you know have the you know take the time to sort of figure that out for yourself I think one of the things that happens to a lot of people in the beginning, especially from the athlete perspective, is that you get these, what's the word I'm looking for? I think you get all this feedback mm-hmm. and you see all these things and it's really overwhelming. I've, I, I'm sitting here thinking about it and, you know, there are two things that are kind of at odds. So when you kind of jump into the social media realm of athletes right now, Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, I'll just say people and organizations and coaches who sell you on their ability to get your diet right by how lean you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the best athlete in the world when I'm lean. Right. I'm not the best powerlifter in the world. I mean, I'm not the best powerlifter, period, in the world. But in general, my lifts, when I'm super lean, are not the best things in the world. I don't care how healthy I eat mm-hmm. and how perfectly programmed my diet is. I'm not at my best when I'm super lean. I'm just not. And the fact that that's how people sell diet is, that's problematic. Not every athlete is supposed to be really lean. Not every person does well when they're lean. So if you're showing on the front end, and another thing aside from the biology of all of it, culturally, not everybody wants to be lean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Culturally, not everybody wants to be lean. So right there, you have this roadblock where if you're selling, oh, well, we can get you lean. Oh, well, look at this. And I know there's one company that does a lot of selling on Instagram. And I, by default, don't want to even deal with them because my after where I'm happy, comfortable, my, my lifts are good. I feel good is what they always show as a before picture Mm. Mm -hmm. as to why you should use their diet. If you think about that as a, if we're not talking, if we're talking about someone who has all their needs met and they're ready to kind of dive deep into the whole dieting thing, but they don't necessarily want to look super lean and have six pack abs. That right Right. there is a roadblock. If the first thing you see is a company saying, well, if you do our diet, we're going to change your whole life and make you look like this person. And you don't want to look like that person in the first place. <laughs> right, right. Or that's and it's, the only goal you should have. Right, and it's vaguely insulting. It's kind of insulting if you look at pictures and you're 
your happy place is always the before picture. Right. And I tell people that all the time. I look like a before picture. As far as the fitness industry is concerned, I look like a before picture. I'm a living, mm-hmm. breathing before picture. And there's something very disheartening about that when you think about the fact that they're to bring it back to being black women and women of color that we're still in the very early stages of kind of coming toward and coming to this side of things in the strength game and if all of the diet coaches and diet companies and the training companies and the people who write training plans are always showing us super lean people who have dieted mm-hmm. down to their leanest and culturally we know perfectly well that's not the look that's valued in our community right you know we lean super lean is not valued in the black community a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's not appreciated Mm -hmm. it's sometimes actually downright negative right and that's how you're marketing that's a roadblock right there yeah and it goes back to us talking about having a seat at the table because clearly you're not talking to us if this is how you're marketing to us Mm -hmm. um aside from that it's it becomes it makes diet seem unattainable. It makes yep. being an athlete from a diet perspective seem completely unattainable. Um, and it's just, I just find it really problematic. I see it a lot, um, especially from a lot of the people who are angling to get people to join either A, their diet coaching services, B, these meal prep services. Um, I notice a lot of times that they're showing people who aren't necessarily in bad shape but they're taking people who are in good shape and making them even leaner and even in better shape that works for one angle and one part of one group but there is a whole group of people who don't necessarily want to be super lean what about the rest of us right right (laughs) what about the rest of us no it's true and it's true and when we all and when we all are honest with ourselves we know that being lean and how lean you are is pretty directly connected to your diet Mm -hmm. and if you're making it look like the place where i'm comfortable is bad what am i supposed to do with that so i I think it's just something to think about because i see women all the time who and i have conversations with women all the time who sort of say well where do I fit in all of this yeah especially us like you said because you know that's not and it's weird because it's almost like there's no place for a happy medium right I feel like sometimes culturally for us it's like you're either on way one end of the continuum or the other and so that one end is you're more sort of you know, being held to that standard of kind of, you know, standard white beauty, you know, sort of very lean and very thin and this, that, and the other. And that may not necessarily be your aesthetic. However, (laughs) you might find yourself being compared on the other end of the continuum, which is almost this exaggerated caricature of what, you know, stereotypically, you know, black women or curvy black women are supposed to look like so which is also for some people very unrealistic so this super tiny waist this huge ass you know and 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 thighs and big boobs you know and that may not necessarily be you know naturally achievable for some folks and then 
you have folks that are kind of eating in a way to support that which may not be the healthiest thing either or they're doing other sort of unnatural things which we've already talked about <laughs> to kind of achieve that aesthetic and you're sort of like okay well what about folks that are in the middle right right um it's funny I, I was thinking about this earlier today and I was like you know it's it's such a weird space for me to be in right now because you know I look at myself and I'm like you know when I like you said when I'm kind of at my you know sort of happiest space where I feel really healthy and I feel really energetic and I feel you know strong like I can kind of get in the gym and do what I want to do I'm not really at either end of the spectrum I'm not super lean or thin but I'm also not like super curvy either like you know I'm I'm I'd say I'm a little more up and down, <laughs> you know, like my hips aren't like sort of, you know, way out of proportion to my waist or my chest or anything else. So, you know, sometimes I'm I'm looking at sort of, you know, this kind of like, okay, well, I'm just kind of the middle person. So, you know, where does that really leave me? You know, I mean, and I don't, you know, it is what it is. I just, you know, I, you get what you get, right? But it's just interesting how I feel like a lot of times, like I said, in our you know, community, there's sort of this one end of the spectrum or the other, and there's always a lot of focus on those two. But like you said, in that middle piece where you just want to be, you know, like I said, you know, last episode, healthy enough, strong enough and, and fit enough and lean enough, right? Um, no real extremes, in, you know, in one way or the other. And it's sort of like, what do you you know, are, are is anyone, anyone marketing to those people? What do those people do? You know, and it's, you know, it's funny. I, when I get the question now about like, okay, well, how do I start or what do I do or what's the best diet? Like my answer is decidedly different now, you know, and what I typically tend to tell people now is, so, you know, there is no perfect diet. There is no, you know, end all be all. It's going to be different for everybody at, at, at given points in their lives. But what I do suggest is that you take the time to kind of figure out, you know, I mean, I guess it's more of a macronutrient based thing. Like, I think everybody should get a good sense of calorically what that number looks like, like at a baseline level. So then they can kind of adjust it up or down. And say, I feel really good when I'm kind of here with the, you know, my daily caloric intake versus here, you know, here I don't feel so great or here I feel kind of sluggish. And at least that just kind of gives you a good starting point. And then I think you can take that and move it in a bunch of different directions. If you want to move it more on the paleo side and kind of see what that feels like for you. If you want to look more at Whole30 and see, you know, if that's something that works for you, you can do that. But at least you know at the end of the day, like I feel like knowledge is power. And I know at the end of the day, 1,100 calories is not enough food for me. <laughs> period, point blank, full stop, right? Um, but beyond that, you can move in all different kinds of directions. So I think... If most people kind of take the time to figure and there's, you know, those free calculators online, you know, if you don't want to, you know, if like you said, feel like paying for a specific coach or someone to help you do that, you can use that. What is it? If it fits your macro calculators, yep. I'm sure there's other very similar programs. And I think that's a really good basic starting point. Right. Um, and, and from there, you can kind of branch off into that and, and, and do different things and figure out you know, from year to year or, you know, six months from now or whatever, what looks, what works for you. I agree. And I think one of the things that I tell people and women always look at me sideways, especially women who are not 
strength athletes, but even sometimes I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine recently. You don't have to be cutting all the freaking time. No, no. And I think there is, and this goes back to what we were just talking about with the marketing to what athletic looks like and what fit looks like and what strong looks like. If you're constantly, if diet companies, companies that are supposed to have your health in mind are constantly marketing around the idea of you're at your best as an athlete when you're lean. And that's what you're chasing. You're never giving yourself the opportunity to find out how good you are when you're actually well fed. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. don't have to be dieting all the time. And I think women, whether we like to admit it or not, are really a lot of us are conditioned after years and years and years of constantly fighting to be thin we're conditioned to a certain extent mentally to be afraid to eat and to be afraid of actually pushing the envelope and trying to make the choice because it really is a choice after a certain point to really embrace food and not be Mm -hmm. scared of of what it could do or possibly gaining three or four pounds just because you were 117 pounds in high school does not mean you're supposed to be 35 and 117 pounds again right and i had to tell one of my friends recently i said you know i know you like to have your striations and your and your cut up abs and everything but quite frankly for a lot of women that's not healthy for a lot of us we are not meant to necessarily be lean all the time if you can't if you have to diet every six months and you're Mm -hmm. never really maintaining and you're never really quote-unquote bulking i hate that word but giving Mm -hmm. yourself a chance to grow if you're constantly dieting just to maintain what you're considering your main your maintenance that's not your maintenance right (laughs) if you're in a never-ending battle (laughs) you're not maintaining you're dieting you're just dieting mm-hmm. in very short cycles, which is kind of useless and pointless. Um, but I had to tell you that I said, you know, you're always chasing after strength and you're always telling me you want to be strong and you're always saying you want to, you know, you want your bench to look like this or your squats to look like this. But you diet constantly for negligible amounts of results. It's not, right. you're not fat. It's like, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is, I think one of the, and I, and I get on one about this all the time. The whole I'm fat thing, I hate it. Mm-hmm. You t- Just like you said you hate people who talk about their food all the time, I hate people who say they're fat all the time when you're nowhere near fat. Mm-hmm. When you have abs or can flex enough that when you flex you have abs, you're not fat, I promise you. You're right. not fat. Um, and I really wish more women... It's one thing to diet down for a weight class or for a show, but I really wish people would, especially women, because men don't do this to themselves. Right stop dieting for the sake of having abs all the time right it's it's if if it's not serving you if you like i happen to be one of those people who because my waist is my smallest point i can drop about five pounds from my walk around weight and have abs Mm -hmm. you won't see a single sign of leanness anywhere else but my abs will come in but if you're constantly having to flex and bend and twist and diet Mm -hmm. and you know oh my god i have to go i have to lose five more pounds to have abs maybe you're just not supposed to have abs let it go right and yeah i'm i'm being rancy and whatever but i just i really get tired of hearing from women all the time oh i'm dieting because i want abs oh and then in the same breath i don't know why i'm not stronger 
well, right. <laughs> it's like he can't have both at the same well, time, unfortunately. If you would stop dieting for every three months or every four months and give yourself a whole six months to a year to really train without any hindrance, because whether your diet is programmed immaculately or not, if you're dieting, you're still not reaching the full potential you'd reach right. at maintenance or in a growth cycle with excess calories or, you know, beyond yeah. your maintenance. And it's just, I wish more women would embrace that. Yeah, it was scary as fuck for me to go from figure body to fat chick. Because, like, I wasn't just, you know, mildly chubby. I was fat. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the muscle gains that came from that and the strength gains that came from that, I've maintained a good bit of that especially yeah. the muscle gains and it was well worth it instead of this constant oh my god my abs are gone oh my god i don't recommend anybody gain 40 or 50 pounds i'm not saying that <laughs> mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. stop being afraid to eat yeah stop being afraid to walk around without capped delts all year round and without six pack abs all year round you're some of us aren't meant to look like that all year without a lot of effort i can't look like that right year without effort and it's and and that effort takes away from things i could be doing else otherwise and right you've already spoken to this and i'm going to say it again just because i know it's worth repeating if you have kids especially daughters oh my god especially daughters stop it stop obsessing over your food stop it it's not healthy and when your child is 13 and she's staring at the food scale and measuring out three Mm -hmm. pieces of lettuce and you're wondering why it's because she's watched you do it (laughs) if if you're carrying a food scale to a restaurant every single weekend and you have a child i'm judging you i'm sorry i am period yeah i am if you do that year round and that's how you live your life I mean, I guess more power to you, but if that's the example you're showing your daughter, I, I worry because it's not sustainable. It's not real life. It's not what we need to be doing. It's, 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 if, if you're doing that for a temporary period, that's one thing. But if your lifestyle, your diet has you to the point where you can't exist like a normal person, I think Bree spoke to it really well the idea of being in a space where you go out to eat and the macros aren't there or it's outside your list of 15 foods you can eat and you can it and you can't enjoy the meal (laughs) because you're panicking over what you're eating it's time to take a step back i mean yeah honestly it's time to take a step back maybe even holler at a therapist (laughs) yep yes girl therapy is a beautiful thing uh walk away from the diet coach i know for me it was terrifying to go from having someone who gave me a structured diet down to the gram and ounce every day of my life every monday through friday saturday and Mm -hmm. sunday i -hmm. never had any freedom and even when i did i had a calculator to tell me how much freedom i really had right um it was terrifying but i'm glad i did it because now i know how to control myself right and so if you find yourself panicking at the idea of figuring out your own shit yeah and you can't handle life and you're on vacation counting everything you put in your mouth and you're not in prep why you would go on vacation in prep i don't know but that's a whole other issue um, right <laughs> it's time to rethink your life a little bit yeah it's it's time to kind of take a step back and unless you are an olympic athlete or as i always say this is your job right <laughs> and this is how you make your money it might be time to reconsider some things that's just yeah. my soapbox moment yeah. i get them sometimes and that's that's one i just hate to see moms modeling that 
mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you can be perfectly healthy without constantly being on a diet or constantly yeah. weighing and obsessively measuring your food. And like I said, I think for me, the real turning point for me was, you know, once I, I kind of gave myself that freedom to recognize that there's really no emotional value to food. I mean, in, in this, I mean, obviously in the sense like, you know, I think a lot of us have, you know, sort of positive associations with, like I said, you know, for, for my family, you know, and a lot of other black families, like food equals love. So, you know, when you go home, your mama cooks for you. Like that's just how you know your home and you're in a safe space and all of that. But like sort of beyond that, like I'm, you know, I've definitely, and it was, it, it, you know, it, it was a process, but I've gotten to the point where I could eat something and I don't feel no kind of way about it, you know, and that's kind of how I knew I needed to stop being in prep because you can't really do that when you prep it for a body. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I'd be like, okay, well, here's kind of what I set out for myself today. But you know what? That pizza looks really good. And I'm going to have a couple of slices. And I, I, you know, I, the panic doesn't set in. It isn't like, oh my gosh, I don't second guess myself and be thinking about what I need to do the next day to make up for it and run it off and burn. It. I don't do any of that. And I think once I do that, there was just a really, excuse me, a certain level of freedom that came with that, um, where it, it also allowed me the opportunity to be able to turn down stuff, right? Um, you know, prime example, you know, and I was I had the cupcake and there would have been a time when I was like, but it's a cupcake, I gotta eat it. You know, and I was like, eh, this ain't really the flavor I want. And I don't, you know, eh, I don't really want to waste, you know something good on something I'm not really interested in eating anyway so it was pretty easy for me to be like nah I'm good you know but again that wasn't and and I but I didn't feel particularly virtuous because I did that either you know what I mean I didn't feel like I needed to go write this whole post about you know I turned out a cupcake it was just <laughs> like that ah. right <laughs> I know I should it was just kind of like, ah, I'm good you know and I just moved on to something else so I think for a lot of people once you can kind of get to sort of the the whys of, of certain behaviors that you have and kind of start pulling those things away from that, it makes that process a little easier for you too to figure out what works best for you. So and I actually you know. agree. Now that you say that, it, do, it just hit me. I do agree. When you get to a point where you can say, I don't want that and you don't care that you don't want it. It just is what it right. is. Or like for me, I just realized I bought that really expensive ice cream that I've been talking about on Instagram for weeks. Um, Lil G ice cream. Like I'm obsessed with their ice cream. It's expensive as fuck, but it's fabulous. Um, there was a time, especially when I was in figure prep and the time immediately after that, where all six of those pints would have been gone in less than a week. Right. It has taken me, I don't even, I've had them long enough that I don't remember when I bought them. And I still have, I think, one and a half or two of them in there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can do that and I'm not obsessing over the fact that this ice cream that I really like is in my fridge. Right. That was for me when I st- got to the point where I could do that. That's when I knew I'm in a good mental place to do whatever I want with my diet. Process. Because nothing means anything anymore. Okay, well, right. I don't want that today. I don't want ice cream today. As opposed to me laying in bed all day like, oh my God. At six o'clock, I get to have exactly 32 grams of ice cream. Oh my God. So I do think you're right. When you get to a point where you just make your decision and you move on, that's when you're okay. When you're obsessing that they're on a whole, yeah, there are other issues at work. But yeah, I think it's, it's pretty straightforward. But not girl, and with that being said, I want to go eat. So Amen. I am hungry. <laughs> it is time for my last feeding. Hungry, hungry hippo D needs to eat something. 
yes well as usual this has been super fun i hope you know i hope our listeners kind of get something out of it and and if not they get to laugh at us right as usual because that first girl that first hour was a hot ass mess (laughs) you know I, i i think at the end of the day you know like i said the moral to the story is you know food's a great thing you know it's obviously you need it to survive and you know it's not your enemy it's not your best friend either just give it the proper perspective you know that it it, in proper place that it it deserves in your life you know if you you know do some research you know ask some questions you know figure things out you know and don't don't necessarily feel like you have to do something that just because everybody else is doing it and it worked for them right um you know if you have questions comments you know hit us up in dms leave us a comment on itunes or soundcloud i'm really trying to uh you know get us get us up there so when you hit that google search you know we pop up first so um but thank you for all the support and uh we will catch you next time at the bar this is Bree signing out. This is D. Bye bye. Toodles. Bye.